Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, we're turning to the book of Mark. We're looking in the eighth chapter of the book of Mark tonight. Mark chapter number eight. And we're going to begin reading tonight in the 34th verse. Some verses that are very familiar and some that I think sometimes are lifted out of context in a way that might be what we think is convenient for our service to the master. I want to preach tonight from this passage of Mark chapter 8 verses 34 through 38 with this thought in mind, taking up your cross, taking up your cross. Now, let's get a background before we read it. You look at verse 29, Peter has been asked by the Lord Jesus Christ, whom say ye that I am? In other words, who do you say that Jesus is? Who is Jesus to you? And Simon Peter said, thou art the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the anointed one. He's the chosen one of God. There's no doubt that the disciples are feeling good about their situation. They're with the Christ. They are with the Messiah. But now it's going to take a turn they don't expect because in verse 31, Jesus began to speak of his betrayal, his death, and his resurrection. And this did not fit the disciples' vision of what they thought the future would bring. So in verse 32, Simon Peter took the Lord aside and began to rebuke him for speaking in such a way. And in verse number 33, as the Lord Jesus Christ revealed that Simon Peter's response was motivated by Satan. Rather than relying on faith, he's uh, being used of the devil to try to discourage the Lord uh, from going to the cross. Now just imagine if you would have been one of those 11 disciples hearing uh, the Lord Jesus Christ's words that he's your leader, the chosen one of God, and he's going to die on a cross. Can you imagine what that you would think about your future? And so they're concerned about what's going on here. And before they can contemplate his words, Jesus reveals serving him is going to come at a cost for everyone who chooses that path. I was looking earlier today, Super Bowl tickets. If you wanted to go to the Super Bowl this last year, the price to set in section 436, row 19, that's an average seat, $7,127.85. And your favorite team might not even be playing. If you wanted to go watch Clemson play a meaningful football game against the University of North Carolina, the average ticket price was $600 before Clemson started losing, and now they're 90. If you want to go to a concert to see a famous group, the average price is $250. If you want to sit in some VIP seats and get a little closer, it's $1,000. There's no cheap seats is what I'm trying to tell you. And may I say that when you're walking with Jesus, there's no cheap seats. Now, I will admit, some of you, you can come to church, and there's plenty of cheap seats in a local Baptist church. You can sit here and occupy a pew, and it'll cost you absolutely nothing. Let somebody else do the work. Let somebody else to pay the bills. I'm just going to get in here and ride. But if you're going to bear the reproach of Christ, if you're going to take up your cross and follow Jesus, 
it's going to cost you something. There are no cheap seats if you're really going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. When I look at verse 34, I see, first of all, the mandate for service. When he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I like that, whosoever will, don't you? Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I like that, don't you? Clearly, this involves our personal choice. So I'm thinking tonight about the decision that is involved to take up your cross and follow Jesus. The word will means your desire, your resolve, your determination. Do you have a desire to walk with Jesus, to follow him? Do you have a resolve to stick it out and follow him every step of the way? Have you made a deliberate choice? Not an accidental choice, not that you got in the wrong group, but that you made a deliberate choice to follow Jesus Christ. Whosoever will, the words are, come after me. You remember when these disciples first heard Jesus speak with them? You know what he said? Come, follow me. When they were on the fishing boat, come, follow me. To Matthew, that was the tax collector, come, follow me. And here he is, after they followed him for two and a half years, he still said, whosoever will, come after me. Well, what about that? They've left their family. They've left their friends. They've left their occupations. They've left everything they've known to go and follow Jesus. And yet he's saying to them still, come and follow me. And when you do, I want you to deny yourself. Look with me in verse 34. Whosoever will come after me. I like that. We're doing pretty good right there. Whosoever will come after me. But then we have not only a decision involved, but we have a denial that's involved. Let him deny himself. What does that mean, Preacher Darren? To deny himself. That means to disown. It means to forsake. It means to reject. It means to restrain from. It means to do without. It means to totally separate. It is to subdue your fleshly desires. It is to disregard what your flesh would have you do. What about that? What a thought. Now, denying self means I stop listening to my voice and I start listening to God's voice living within me. It means that I stop leaning on my own power. It means I stop depending on myself and I start depending on the Lord. Y'all ever heard of the boxer Muhammad Ali? One time he was on an airplane and he was up flirting with a young lady and the stewardess came by and said you need to sit down and take your seat and put your seatbelt on he said young lady I'll let you know that Superman does not need no seatbelt she said you're right and Superman don't need no airplane either now sit down Muhammad Ali had this thought that if he could go around seeing crippled children and visiting all these ones that were shut in a disease he said I can overcome the wickedness in my life with the good that I do, therefore God will let me into heaven by the good that I do. Let me tell you something, that's depending on self. 
I cannot depend on myself. If I depended on myself for 1% of what I do, amen, I wouldn't get to heaven for one second, but it's all in what Jesus has done. We must learn to depend on the Lord Jesus Christ. We deny self. It means also that I quit trying to fulfill my will. What is your will? What is your desire? What is your ambition? What is your goal? What is your personal choice? The Lord says, whosoever will, let him come after me. Woo, that sounds good. Let him deny himself. Ooh, I don't know. I, I, I want to do what I want to do. Life is short. I mean, listen, that, that goes against every teaching this world presently has that you would deny your own self. I begin to think about 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. Would you turn with me in your Bibles in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6? I want to look in verse number 19. Preacher Darren, why would you deny yourself? Why? Listen, because I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. Uh, what? Paul writes, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So denying yourself is that you're trusting the Lord. You're depending on Him. You've been bought with a price. He lives inside you. He'll help you to accomplish it. But you know what I found out to be? I'm going to name tonight my greatest hindrance. And I, I hate to admit this, but it's the truth. It's me. The biggest hindrance I have. I, I, I should have said tonight I'm going I'm to preach on the biggest troublemaker at Bethel Baptist Church. Me. I have more problems with me than anybody else I know. And in Romans chapter 7, in verse 18, I believe Paul fought the same battles that you and I fight each and every day. Every morning, I woke up this morning, I'm telling you, I've had to wrestle and battle with my flesh. I'm telling you, to get ready to study for this message, the flesh said, no, no, no. No, no, leave the book of Mark and if you're going to preach, preach something else that everybody wants to hear, but don't preach about denying yourself. My own flesh was warring with me about preaching the word of God and letting the Holy Ghost have his way. Look what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 7 in verse number, let's look at verse 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law. That when I would do good, evil is present with me. You may stand here or sit here tonight and say, Preacher dear, well that may be true for you, but it's not true for me. I'm telling you, evil battles you and I, sin battles you and I, and the truth of the matter is, it's your flesh 
of what you want to do, how you think it ought to be done, your desire, your choices, those things must be denied. Amen. Much of the problem, listen to me now, much of the problem that we have in this Christian walk is because we will not deny the desires of our flesh. And I'm telling you, preacher Darren, well, I'm saved. I'm glad you are. Thank God for it. That's a blessing. But your flesh has never been saved. Not one of you tonight. I don't care how holy you pretend to be. Not one of you has a flesh that's been redeemed. Your soul was saved, but your flesh still has carnal, sinful desires, just like Paul did. And he said, I must die daily. Amen. Denying self then, it involves more than laying aside a few of our habits or of our desires. We're to bring ourselves into subjection unto the Lord. We're to say no to self and yes to the Lord. Why is it that this morning I wanted to say no to the Lord but yes to the flesh? Why is that? Preacher Darren, you're saved. Yes, I am saved. But why is that battle taking place? It's because my flesh is not saved. Amen? So we've talked about the decisions. Go back to Mark. The decision that's involved. And then there's a denial that is involved. And it's difficult to deny self. Think about it tonight. Some of you, have you ever tried to go on a diet? Nobody in the whole building. I can't believe it. Well, there's this thing they have called dieting. When you feel like you've got more poundage than you want to have, you start to diet. Amen. That means that you start eating the right things and you start eating less of the right things. And so that you might lose weight, you're going to get out and do some exercise and try to bring some of that poundage off. Not that you've ever tried it. Maybe some of y'all didn't admit it. But the truth of the matter is, that wasn't easy to do. That was denying self. No chocolate cake. Denying self. No Coca-Cola. No Pepsi. Denying self. No sweet tea. Denying self. It's hard to do. Amen. And as much as it is in a physical realm, hard to deny yourself, how much harder is it to not deny yourself when it comes to the flesh and spiritual matters that are taking place in your life, when you can't even say no to a piece of chocolate cake. Amen. Don't throw stones yet, amen. But I'm just saying we've got to say no to self. Now, thirdly, not thirdly, uh, letter C, there is a death that is involved. Look with me in verse 34, verse 34. Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and... Take up his cross. That's a death that is involved. Preacher Darren, a death? In that day and time where Jesus is talking, a cross is not a piece of jewelry. A cross is not a decoration on a church building. A cross is an instrument of shame, humiliation, suffering, torture, and death. I am told when I read, historians say, that during Jesus' day, the Romans crucified maybe like 30,000 people on the sides, both sides of the road as people would travel. There are men hanging there, crucified to crosses. Let me say that they are no strangers. When Jesus said, 
let him take up his cross, they're no strangers to what a cross is going to do. Some people think, now here's, here's where we mess up. Some people think that the burdens of this life are your cross. That you have a sickness. My wife has multiple sclerosis. That is not a cross. That's a burden. Preacher dear and I disagree. Well, I'm, you have to take it up with her because she doesn't think it's a cross either. Did you know that some of you, you think, well, I have a handicap. I have burdens and, and I have an abusive spouse and, and a wayward child and, a, and I've got a crazy boss. And the hardships of life are a cross to you. That is not what Jesus is speaking about. I could promise you that Simon Peter and, and, and all those disciples standing there, everyone could have told you about their burdens and the problems in their life that were present. And Jesus didn't say, keep dealing with your burdens. He said, it's time to take up your cross. You see, the cross is an instrument of death. It involves dying to yourself. It is willing, you are willing, when you pick up the cross, you're willing to say, I am willing to suffer any attack. As, as they attack Jesus, I'm willing to be attacked, persecuted, ridiculed, shamed, and humiliated just as they did that to Jesus. That is what you are saying. Think of a man carrying a cross. It's a total commitment. He doesn't get to set it down every now and then. It's a total direction that's in his life. In carrying that cross, you are serving the master and you're not serving me. You're not serving self. Amen? This has to be a daily practice. Maybe tonight you disagree with me and say, I'm just going to tell you I think what I've got is a cross. I'm glad you think that. But the truth of the matter is that thing that came to you was not a decision you made. Gina did not make a decision to get multiple sclerosis. Taking up the cross is a choice to say, I am going to bear the cross for Jesus' sake that I may be persecuted, ridiculed, made fun. Listen, I couldn't tell how many times I've had a truck be filled up with garbage when the service was over. I'm not talking about garbage bags ripped open and dumped out. My car hit with fists. I'm telling you, I've been shoved into buildings. I, I'm just telling you, you've got to be willing to take up the cross. I'm going to give you some verses. In Luke chapter 9, turn with me. In Luke chapter 9, I'll look at verse 23. This is a parallel passage, but I want you to see it in Luke 9 and verse number 23. This is to be a daily practice. In Luke 9, 23, the Bible says, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. This has to be a Daily practice and follow me. You, you don't, don't decide one day to pick up the cross and, and the next day put it back. You're every day to deny yourself. Every day to take up that cross and follow Jesus Christ. In the book of Romans, chapter number 6. The book of Romans, what a great book of the Bible. Romans, chapter number 6. I want to look in verse number 6. Romans 6, verse number 6. The Romans is the sixth book in the New Testament. This is the sixth chapter and the sixth verse. It's a six, six, six verse. Guarantee it's got something to do with man. Look with me. Romans 6, Romans 6, verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, 
that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Amen. We're to be crucified. And I'm going to tell you something. You cannot crucify yourself. If you, I'm left-handed. If you had a hammer in your left hand and you had a nail and you could drive that in, now, into your right hand, your right hand being crucified, how could you possibly nail your left hand there? You're going to need help by the Holy Ghost to crucify the flesh every single day of your life. You're not going to get victory over these matters on your own. In the book of Galatians, Galatians, I heard tonight our young people over in the one-way program are learning the books of the Bible in order and they're working in the New Testament right now. In Galatians chapter 2, look with me in verse number 20. Look what Paul said in Galatians 2 verse 20. I know you know this verse. Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Preacher, I don't understand. If I crucify myself, you're talking about, no, I'm not talking about taking your life. I'm talking about denying yourself and let Jesus live in you. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This whole verse is underlined in my Bible, but the word of is underlined twice. He did not say, look with me, it did not say I live by the faith in the Son of God, by the faith of. Look at the preposition. The word of means it's not mine, it's his. He's given me his faith that I may live in him, with him, and for him. Hallelujah to God. What a thought, amen. So now there is a death that is involved. One more, and I'm going to try to move off this point. Go back to the book of Mark, chapter number 8. Look at verse 34 again. We see the devotion that is involved. We've talked about the decision. What was the decision? Whosoever will, come after me. What is the denial? Let him deny himself. What is the death? Take up his cross. What is the devotion involved? And follow me. The phrase, follow me, it means to be a companion. It means to be a follower, sold out. It is to be a disciple. A true disciple, disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ will turn his back upon himself and turn his back upon his old life. The old life having been done away with. But though I was saved, my soul was saved, my flesh, I've tried to turn my back but every now and then, my flesh, every single day, tries to come back to me. You get in a heated basketball game, and there are words that get motivated in your mind that you want to speak. I'm just telling you, you have to crucify the flesh each and every day of your life. You have to be willing to lay down everything to follow Jesus Christ. You have to get behind Jesus, and wherever he leads, that's where you go. Most people's like, no, no, no. I want to go where I want to go. I want to take me where I want to take me. I have my own goals. I have my own ambitions. Already said, denying yourself, taking up your cross, and you follow Jesus wherever he leads. He's the master. He makes the choices. We're to walk in total obedience, total surrender under the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Some people, they follow Jesus on Sunday, but they take a whole new turn on Monday. Can I get a witness? That's not what the Lord's looking for. Some people, they follow the Lord when they need help, but they take another path when things get better. Just look around. I'm just telling you, the flesh has no desire to follow Jesus. The flesh has no desire to become like Jesus. But Jesus, in verse 34, has given us a mandate for our service. Number two, when we look at verse number 35, there's a mystery that's in our service. Preacher Darren, what do you mean a mystery? For whosoever shall or will save his life shall lose it. What? You see, it's a paradox. It's a contradiction, seemingly. But in fact, it's a truth. Look at it again. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever shall lose his life for my sake in the Gospels, the same shall save it. Preacher Darren, you, what? If you think that having your own way, being your own Lord is more important than his Lordship, you'll lose your life. But if you'll yield your life to him, let him have total control of your life, he will actually save your life. From a human perspective, that makes absolutely no sense. But from a heavenly perspective, it makes perfect sense. Amen. Hallelujah. You have a choice then. You can live your life as you see fit. You can refuse to come to Jesus for salvation. You can choose that you're going to do your own thing, but at the end of the way, you're going to find out that there was an eternity in hell that's waiting for you. Or on the other hand, you can commit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. You can deny your own will, surrender to His Lordship, and at the end of the day, you'll be escorted right into heaven, amen, and it'll be open for you. Hallelujah. Again, whosoever will try to save his own life, by doing what you want to do, you're going to lose it. And for those of you who go to God that want to or willing to lose your own life, you're going to save it because you let Jesus Christ have control. Verse 36, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Just imagine, you, you, you've rejected Christ, you don't want to take up your cross, you don't want the things of God, you're going to do your very own thing. At the end of the day, you've got all these trinkets and all these treasures and all these valuables. God bless you, but what happens in the world to come? This world is not the end, thank God for that, amen. If this world was my only hope, I'd be of men most miserable tonight, amen. But I'm on my way to a place called heaven, amen. And here I'm have to suffer rejection or persecution. But in the world to come, amen, there'll be an exceeding great reward that lasts for all of it. I feel shouting coming on. That lasts for all of eternity, amen, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 37, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Alexander the Great was 30, 32, 33 years old. He conquered the entire world for Greece. And it, he died a drunkard and he said, there's no more world to conquer. He died lost and undone. He lived 
to get a whole world. And now he's got the whole world. And he went out to meet, meet God and he had nothing. If you, what will you give in exchange for your very own soul? I was studying Charlemagne the Great. Maybe some of y'all don't know who Charlemagne is. Charlemagne, his daddy was the king of France and that was handed to him, the king of the Franks. And that was handed to him after his daddy died and he became the king and he became king in 768 A.D. And about 800 A.D., now he's become king of not just France, but the entire Holy Roman Empire. He, from one coast to, to as far as that kingdom stretched, he became king over it all. And he died in 814 A.D. And when they buried him, he gave very strict instructions how he was to be buried. He was not going to be placed in the coffin. They buried him sitting on his kingly throne with the crown still on his head, with all his treasures and all his valuables all the way around him. And then someone put a Bible in his hand with his finger pointing to this scripture. Verses 36 and 37. What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul. 12, 200 years later they opened his tomb. He was still in there. Sitting on the throne. With all his valuables. All his trinkets there. But now he's got bony fingers. Pointing to that text. 1200 years later. His tomb was opened again. And sure enough. There's his skeleton. Sitting there on that throne. The crown has now slipped down over his forehead. But his bony fingers are still pointing to the scripture. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? If you gain the whole world, if you get your house paid off, congratulations. If you get two new cars, congratulations. If you get a new bass boat, congratulations. You get a, you get a, brand, a brand new wardrobe and, and a brand, brand, new, brand new everything. Hey, glory to God, that's wonderful. But what will that mean compared to eternity? Your soul is priceless. To walk with Jesus Christ, it is priceless. There are many in this life that have chosen a life of pleasure rather than dying to self and surrendering to Jesus. And they're consumed with one thing. They're consumed with this world, being prosperous and successful. But at the end of the day, you can't take it with you. I've never ever at a funeral had someone bring in the U-Haul with them. You're not taking it with you, amen. In the book of Luke, chapter number 12, Jesus addressed this very issue. Luke chapter 12. Uh, here, here's a rich man. His grounds brought forth plentifully. He, he's saying, verse 17, what shall I do? I have no more room to bestow my fruits. He said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. Verse 19. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself 
and is not rich towards God. All the wealth of this world, if you have it all, it cannot provide salvation. Go back to our text. It is a mystery. It is a paradox of our service. Amen. A paradox is a seeming contradiction, but it's very true. I close with verse 38. This is a motivation for your service. Thirdly, I want to say those who accept Jesus in this life will be rewarded in the next life. <laughs> Not only will they be rewarded here, they'll be rewarded in the life to come. Say amen right there. And those who deny him will be rejected. Verse 38, whosoever, Jesus' words, whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. What a verse. Sadly, in our day, many are ashamed to be identified with Jesus Christ. That word ashamed, preacher Darren, what does it mean? I'll never forget one time. I was talking to a Christian. I'd gone to the hospital to visit this man. And I, the way he was living, everybody knew it. Didn't look like he was saved at all. He looked like Lot in the Bible. And I talked to him and said, are you saved? Oh, yes, preacher Darren, I'm saved. Oh, I'm saved. I know I'm saved. He told me about his salvation experience. I, he began to convince me. And I said, well, well, are you ready to meet him? He said, no. If he was to come right now, I'd be ashamed. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. He said, I'd be ashamed of the way I was living. And I said, well, why don't you clean that up right now? Why don't you ask Jesus to forgive you? And he said, I want to more than you'll ever know. And right there then, he grabbed me by the hand. And he began to just call the Lord, ask God to forgive him of years he had wasted chasing the world and, and living a wild life after the pleasures of this world. And I believe God forgave him there in his deathbed. I believe that. Look what the Bible says in 1 John 2, 28. I came home after visiting this man and I thought that man said he's a Christian. Here's a Christian who said if Jesus came today, he'd be ashamed. I want to ask you a question, friend. You may be in church every Sunday. Praise God for it. Here you're in church on Wednesday night. Maybe you're watching online. Would you be ashamed if Jesus came to get you right now? If you were to, something happened to you and you got really, really sick and you were going to die, just in, would you be ashamed of the way you was living? Are you prepared? 1 John 2, 28. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. John said little children, so he's writing, not, not just the little kids that are eight, nine years old. He's writing to those that are saved. He's writing, he's a pastor of a church. He's writing to his flock, to the children of God. He said, little children, when he shall appear. How many of y'all know he's coming? He may come tonight, amen. The rapture, I've been preaching for the last three weeks about how imminent the rapture is and God saved what? Eight people just in the last few weeks here in services at Bethel because we're seeing Jesus is coming back. There's no doubt about it. When he comes, will you be confident? Will you be confident that you placed your faith in him? Will you be confident that you've done everything you know to do? You've taken up your cross. You've denied yourself. You're following him wholeheartedly. Or would you be ashamed? Would you hang your head and say, oh, man, 
This was a terrible time for the rapture. I was not prepared. I was not ready. I've, I've, I've said one time when I was preaching at Bethel and Canton and those guys came over here just a few weeks ago and they said, Preacher, I'll never forget when you said some of y'all are going to be raptured feet first because you're holding on to your house you just got paid off and you want to live in it just a little bit longer and, and you've got that new car you just got paid off and you've made 60 or 72 payments on it and you're like, yeah, finally, I get to drive it and the rapture happens and I got to go to heaven and I got to leave and I can't. Honey, your car and your house would nowhere near compare to what God has waiting for you. I'd be glad to let go what we have here, amen, for the Lord Jesus Christ to take us home, amen. I don't want to be ashamed when he comes. And back in our text in the book of Mark chapter number 8, the word ashamed, it literally means unwilling. It means restrained because of fear or restrained because of shame. It means to ridicule. It means to disapprove of. Think about it. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me, who are unwilling, who disapprove going with Jesus Christ. They, they don't want to identify with Jesus because they're ashamed to deny themselves and to live godly amongst other people. They'll think people will laugh at them and ridicule them. They're, they're more concerned, and I deal with this a lot, People are more concerned about the approval of men than the approval of God. I'm learning this as a pastor. If I would spend less time worrying about trying to gain your approval and spend more time gaining the master's approval, my life would be a whole lot more simple. You're always in your life, do you feel yourself trying to cater to the wishes and the happiness of others around you? Oh, I just want them to smile. I want them to be happy. I want to... And you behind closed doors are weeping bitter tears because you cannot do enough to make some people happy. It's like setting a thermostat. You're never going to approve people. Quit trying to gain the approval of men and gain the approval of God. A workman, amen, the Bible says that needeth not to be ashamed. We don't study the word of God, amen. Now, I begin to think about this. If, if you're ashamed of him in this life, look with me. He said if you're ashamed of him in this life, he said the son of man, look at it, will be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. If you're ashamed of Jesus here, he's going to be ashamed of you there. But if you're unashamed of him here, and you confess him here, woo, he said, I will confess you before my heavenly Father. He will literally say, Father, this one, is with me. I'm going to tell you something. I've, I've had a lot of people in my life name drop. Ms. Preacher Darren, you need to take Miss Gina to Dr. So-and-so. Preacher Darren, you, you need to go be around Dr. So-and-so and, and Reverend this and people name drop. I'm related to this. Name drop to me all the time. But I'm telling you what, the greatest name that's ever was dropped to me when Percy Ray preached to me about Jesus and how he loved me and how he died to forgive me and save my soul. Nobody's ever dropped a name to me like Jesus and no other name you'll ever drop to me will ever compare to the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Amen. And if I would simply confess him here, he will confess me there. Child of God, you may feel like your efforts in this world are so in vain. You may feel like you're not really making a difference. I just want to say this to you. One of these days, it's going to be worth it after all when you hear the Heavenly Father say, Come on in. Well done, my child. Hey, enter into the joys of the Lord. It'll be worth it then, amen. You won't be sad, I'm sorry then, or I'm ashamed then. You'll be glad you serve Jesus. But for those who are ashamed of him here, for those who would not stand up, I'm telling you, when he is ashamed of them there, they'll be of men most miserable. Listen now, I'm done right here. Our job then is to deny ourselves and not deny our Savior. But more people are quicker to deny the Savior than they are to deny themselves. May I say this again? If you're really going to serve Jesus Christ, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you everything. Well, preacher Darren, I didn't have anything to start with. I was just a sinner. I had no valuables. I had no, I had no hope in this world. I was without God. Preacher, I didn't have to give up nothing I don't feel like. Then that world comes by. Oh, and it says, oh, you're having to give up this on, on Sunday, and you're giving up this throughout the week, and you can't go, you can't lose. Let me just tell you something. It'll be worth it one day, young people. It'll be worth it one day, adults. It'll be worth it one day for you that are walking with the Lord. You'll never, listen, you'll never find yourself sorry when you enter into the joys of glory. Amen. Hallelujah. You stand to your feet tonight. I'm done. I'm done. Take up your cross. Father, tonight, thank you for the word of God and for the challenge of the text. And Lord, I certainly see in my life the battle that rages, Father, within me, between my spirit, Father, that's been saved and my flesh that's still carnal. And I pray, God, you'd help me, Lord, that every day that I would deny self and take up that cross and follow Jesus Christ. Lord, forgive me, Father, for my sin. Forgive me for my folly. Forgive me of my foolishness. Forgive me of trying to follow my own sinful, selfish ways and not surrendering, surrendering and humbling myself before Jesus. Father, would you help us, Lord, every day to crucify ourselves and to follow Jesus. Lord, one day it'll be worth it after a while. We praise you, we honor you, and we glorify you. And for this we pray in Jesus' name, amen.